Live from Chicago, this is Bruce Dumont with our Beyond the Beltway analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of rumor and innuendo all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Republican Jeff Alm, Democrat Dan Johnson, Republican Nick Calm and Alvin Tillery Jr. of Northwestern University. Our program tonight coming to you from the Museum of Broadcast Communications in Chicago where our toll-free lines are open at 1-800-723-8289. That's 1-800-723-8289. And again, if you want to join me on, uh, send me an email message, it's Bruce Dumont at museum.tv. If you want to tweet me a comment, it's at Dumo at D-U-M-O. Of course, you can join us on the World Wide Web at beyondthebeltway.com. That's live every Sunday night. If you miss it, we're there forever to, to watch it again. You can't miss this program. And, of it's course, comforting. live every Sunday night, if you go to the Beyond the Beltway with Bruce Dumont Facebook page, you can watch us live on Facebook as well. Obviously, this is our last broadcast before uh, the big election coming up on Tuesday, so uh, we're going to be focusing our attention on the issues that will be driving people to the polls wherever they are living. And uh, Nick Com, you're with us. Uh, you're one of our Republicans. And I want to ask you uh, the question, when, when this campaign is over, Next Wednesday, you're going to have half the country happy and half the country sad. Is this going to be the the cycle we have for a long, long time in this country where because of the nature of the campaigns, the vitriol that's in those campaigns, uh, that it's going to be hard to to, uh, lick our wounds and and be quiet? Oh, I have to say yes. Uh, In the last week, I was down in Virginia and seeing some of the uh, Civil War uh, battles fields and the uh, place where the Civil War was ended at Appomattox Courthouse. And it's certainly not quite that bad, but I think we're now in a cycle where it's going to continue to be really ugly until or unless, God forbid, there's going to be another big national emergency that brings everybody together a la 9-11. Professor uh, Tilly joins us, uh, joining, making your first appearance. Thanks very much for being with us, Alvin. Thanks for having me. Um, What's your, what's your take on this? One of the things you, you study is uh, diversity and, and civil rights and, and race relations. This campaign isn't only about that, but it is about it in some extent, does it not? Absolutely. I mean, we, we've never had a president in the modern era who has uh, campaigned while in the White House using what we call explicit racial appeals. Uh, and so it is, it is very unique, uh, polarizing. Uh, I think it, it may be good political strategy. Uh, in terms of uh, the fact that it might gin up his base and help him hold on to seats that should be solidly red but are looking more and more purple. Uh, And so it's understandable uh, why it's being done, but in the long term, it's probably bad for the country, and we've never had it before. Jeff Hall, my question to you, you're a rather Republican, young Republican leader. Um, Will we be able to to put the nation back together after this campaign, or in in your reality, has this campaign really been that bad? Well, I mean, you look at um, Woodrow Wilson, right, who's this vaunted liberal hero, resegregated the army. Okay, he ran a, uh, a screening of a, of a movie in the White House that, that commemorated the, the creation of the, the, the KKK. Okay, to, to, to say that Trump is somehow this racially divisive figure is wish casting. Right, because the Democrats don't have anything to run on, and so they need something to run against, and they just create this fear. But, what, but when the campaign is over, and everyone, regardless of what side you're on, you're probably going to be 
thankful that there's going to be no more TV spots in every break that you watch on any show. My question is, are we going to get over talking about politics, let's say, on Wednesday or Thursday of next week? Or, is, it, or, or is this the, the fever pitch that was driven by the, by the Kavanaugh hearings? Is that going to just keep going, I think regardless I, of what side you're on? I think that, that what happened with the Kavanaugh hearings um, shocked a lot of people, right? And a lot of people started thinking, if, if the media can do this to an eminently qualified ju- uh, jurist like Brett Kavanaugh, they can do it to anybody, Right. So it really needs to to this this mutually assured destruction between the national media and the president needs to stop. Right. Because it's just going to keep escalating. Uh, Dan Johnson, um, can this thing get tapped down a little bit and should it get tapped down? I think mostly that's in the hands of the president. So it's really unlikely things are going to tamp down. It's clear, you know, it's the most corrupt administration in modern history. And assuming there is some check on the administration, I think the 2020 campaign starts next week. Okay. But what about any complicity that the Democrats might have if they lose, that they just keep fighting? If you say the 2020 starts the, the same week, then uh, if, if, if the people have spoken, okay, we've been through this More long than campaign, all right, and we're, let's just talk about 2018. The people have spoken. Right now, they're going to decide. They, they know all about what kind of a president we have. They're going to decide, I want this guy for another four years to work with a Republican Congress, or I want them to work with a divided Congress to put a little control on him. Yeah. So the people will have voted. What is it that a Republican leader or a Democratic leader could say after the results, basically, I think you're wrong. We're going to keep doing it the way we're doing it. Well, clearly, Republican leaders in Congress could have stood up to this president a long time ago in matters of right, you're, you're, civil- just, you're giving me the Republican. You're, well, it's you're true. Republican well, you asked what but, Republican leaders could but do. But I know, but I, I asked what leaders could do. What could, if Nancy Pelosi is the new Speaker of the House come January, is she going to keep playing the same card or not. I think, well, and if she's in the minority, is she's just going to say, those stupid people who voted in November, yeah. they're, they're as dumb as the ones that voted in 2016. I think what she'll do, if she's the speaker, God willing, is finally have some oversight over this administration as the Constitution calls for, which has been the biggest failure of the last two years, and what our founders would have been appalled by the Republican Congress's failure to do so. But you would say that about any Republican president, right? Because if you look at the agenda that's actually gone through Congress, if you look at what's been passed, not what he tweets about, not the crazy stuff he oh, says. I, I'm more right? worried about the indictments. If, if, sure, but yeah. if, you look at, if you look at what he's passed, right, it is inseparable from a generic Republican president. I, I think the, the concern is less about the 1% agenda, which the Republicans have always been for, and more about the parade of indictments that in his inner circle. This is the most corrupt administration okay, I'm, in history, I'm, I'm trying modern to, history. I'm trying to say. look ahead. <laughs> Professor, I'm going to come back to you to look ahead. <laughs> yeah. The election is over. There's going to be one. I mean, there, there could be several. I mean, the Republicans could retain control of everything. They could possibly lose control of everything. Not likely. Or we could have a split. And for, for decades in this country, we had a split. Senate one side, Republicans, uh, the, the House and the other opposite. So in this particular case, how, how are the losers, how are the perceived losers going to react? Are they going to be as upset as they were in 2016? 
Or are they going to well, say, wait, this is two elections in a row where the voters have sent us a signal. Should we listen to that signal? Well, tw- 2016 is a presidential year, right? And right. so midterms are different. Historically, there have only been two times uh, in the modern era where a president has expanded their coalition at midterm. So we right. can expect the president to lose seats. I think 23 is a very low bar. We can expect a change in the House. Right. Uh, the Republicans have a natural advantage in the Senate because of the demographics of the Senate. So, and also because they're playing, the Democrats are playing defense. So I think we will have divided government. That's, that's going to be a reality. When I come back, I'm going to ask my question again. What happens <laughs> next? Wherever you're listening from coast to coast, give us a buzz. You can uh, weigh in on that question and give us your own report. What's happening in your state? Back shortly from Chicago. Are you planning for the day when you can retire to your dream home in Palm Springs, California? A day surrounded by spectacular scenery, golf courses, a rich cultural life, and great dining? If you are, you'll need a guide, someone who knows where to look, an experienced broker, someone who knows the desert communities of Southern California and all they have to offer. That person is Brian Beard, who's been making dreams come true for over 13 years, selling over $100 million in real estate, including celebrity and architecturally significant homes to the rich and famous, and more importantly, to people just like you. Brian's company, Caldwell Banker, has agents worldwide, but Brian Beard is your man in Palm Springs. Call Brian now at 760-799-7096. That's 760-799-7096. Or visit him online at briansellsthedesert.com. Bruce DeBunt back in Chicago. A reminder, on Tuesday night, I will be anchoring on AM560 WYND in Chicago. So wherever you're listening in the Chicagoland area, you can uh, tune in from 7 to 11 o'clock at night. And if you're listening around the country, you can go to the AM560 uh, uh, you know, a website and also a download and uh, listen to our comments as they unfold and uh, offer your comments by calling in, as you can always call in on this program. Nick, come, I'm going to come back to you. You're the reputation guy. I'm going to ask the question the third time now. <laughs> Depending on who wins, is the losing side going to change their act in any way? Well, I think in, in this case, I think at least as far as the House is concerned, I think the Democrats are going to pick up the House. Um, and I think the better question is going to be, are they going to change their behavior? And if they continue to talk about impeachment, investigation, even as my fellow panelists come on here, I think what that is going to do is have the same kind of unintended consequence that the way the Senate Judiciary Committee going after Kavanaugh is going to end up keeping the Senate Republican. It's going to help, I think, Trump and his reelection prospects. But the Democrats have said, some Democrats, not all, some Democrats have been very public in saying they're going to go, they're going to look at impeachment. Exactly. Including the speaker. Right. So if Perspective the Democrats, speaker. yeah, Nancy Pelosi, we're, we're saying if, if, if the mm-hmm. Democrats gain control and she, and she wins, maybe somebody else is the speaker. But, I mean, some Democrats are on the record saying that's what they're going to do. And if it, they, should, it shouldn't surprise anybody. No, but if, if they the pursue Democrats that. If the Democrats do that. If they pursue, if my, they pursue that. My, but here's yeah. my question. That position won the House of Representatives. So if now they have the control, 
shouldn't they be doing what they're I don't think it's I don't think I don't do. think it's that I think it's, it's that the Democrats have effectively made this a referendum on Donald Trump and because okay. of his intemperate tweets ignoring everything he's done which is very much what Jeff said very much in lockstep with what any Republican would do that's what's going to win them not I, the impeachment I, I, I find but, it but, surprising no. that you guys would say what every Republican would do there there's a, a, an emoluments case moving forward in federal court right now there are sort of constitutional requirements to act if you believe that impeachment is required, regardless of so, political strategy. But so I, 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 I want to hear the Democrat answer to my question. I mean, do you agree with me yeah. that if the Democrats take over the House and Nancy Pelosi does emerge as the Speaker again, because she said it, you guys, meaning the Democrats, you've got... You have an obligation. You, you have an obligation. You have to keep your promise to your voters. Because you have a constitutional obligation when there's a guy who's been making money off of his position as president with his family getting enriched. Or putting money in your pocket because of a tax cut. You can do whatever you want on the policy side, but his ongoing criminal activities with his entire circle is a constitutional problem. And the reason why I think Democrats are going to take back the House is because independents are feel betrayed by Republicans' failure to stand up for any of it. Let's go to Art listening on our flagship station, WCGO. He's got a question. Go ahead, Art. Good evening, uh, gentlemen. Uh, Dan, you're usually wrong as usual. Uh, (laughs) Pleasure to talk to you, Art. Excuse me. People like John Kasich and Paul Ryan are not exactly uh, Democrats, and they've been standing up to this president from day one. So if you want to be interested in getting independence and people like moderate Republicans, you guys are going to forget about impeaching this president and actually think of some legislative ideas. Because when it comes to Chicago, like Rahm Emanuel and Mike Madigan, they don't do anything but uh, race bait. I'll tell you, Art, if you wanted to stand up against the president, you would pass the legislation to protect the current law enforcement investigation against the president. Republicans absolutely refuse to do so. You would be talking well, about the G- GSO with uh, uh Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and all that illegal wiretapping going on on the president. And I'll tell you and one more thing, Art, on the, uh, on the legislative so agenda. So that counts, too. Okay. Mr. But, Art, here, here's, here's, here's one thing. And, again, th- this is our last show before the election. I watched all the Sunday shows today, as they always do. <clears throat> I was letting each person, you know, make their prognos- prognosis. Uh, however, I noticed that the national media... They were couching it a little bit. They were not as emphatic as they were in 2016. Everyone was a little more circumspect about what the polls were saying. Yeah. And so we're going to know the next time we get together on this program, we don't have to speculate what the American people want. We're going to look at the results of what they want. So, and what I'm saying here tonight, trying to get to find out, is if you're on the losing end, however you define losing end, if you lose the House and you win the Senate, that's sort of a split decision. But again, if you want to take some power away from Donald Trump, you will vote Democratic. If you want Donald Trump to have more power, you will vote Republican. See, I reject, it's simple. I reject that because that's parliamentary thinking, and we do not have a parliamentary democracy. Okay, well, tell me right? where I'm wrong. I, you know, the, the thing that I always... You know, Although in always... many cases, I, you, you may be right. 
Donald Trump may be able to get along with a Democratic House these are more than he is. These are individual votes House. for individual candidates, not for a party, because that's a parliamentary system, right? Now, the question I have is, why is it always that the Republicans need to move left in the name of unity and the Democrats never need to move right? right? Why is there always this... this um, you know, you look at you look at the far left of the Democrat Party. You see Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, Bernie Sanders, all these people who are literal socialists, who are the future of this party, and yet somehow it's the Republicans that need to move towards the socialists rather than you know trying to get back to the blue dog Democrats well, because, that used to well, that used to be that's, influ- that's, influential that's what you're in the running House. on now. Right now, Republicans Socialism, are running exactly. on protecting Medicare, which is a wonderful socialist program which protects our seniors. And right now, Republicans are lying about saying they're protecting people Just because with you don't pay conditions. for something at point of sale does not automatically make it socialism. Medicare is a phenomenal Elvis. socialist success yeah, in this country. I, I think there are, there are two responses to you. One, uh, the Republicans should move more to the center because there are fewer Republicans than there are independents and Democrats in America. That's just an empirical fact. And if you want to win elections, you've got to move back to the middle to capture those independents. And what are the Democrats Second, doing? Well, well, you know, Telling everybody that they're racist, that if they voted for Trump, they're evil people, deplorable people, I, I don't believe they're that's irredeemable. The case. Even in response Paul Krugman a, made that argument I'm, I'm the sorry, other day. I don't believe that's the case. Even in response to what Bruce was saying earlier about impeachment, uh, Speaker, uh, I mean, sorry, Leader Pelosi and Leader Schumer have both done everything they can to tamp down that's this true. impeachment talk in advance of the election because they don't want to hypermobilize Republican turnout. I'm not so just talking beyond about the talking points, I just think that there is a ton of empirical evidence I'm not why talk- Republicans, if they want to win, but not talking about back Elvin, to the Elvin, Elvin, let me talk about it. Yeah. I agree with you that the speakers want to tap it down, but they have people in their own caucuses that want to tap it up. I think that's I'm right, just, Bruce. I'm just saying is that when the results are in, who is going to decide how many people went and voted because they liked the idea of the impeachment and how many people are going to say no, especially when you're going to have a fairly large number of people on the Democratic side who are going to push their leadership to well, move well, on well, something well, Bruce, that they may the, not want. The, po- the polls show that most Democratic voters care about health care and the economy in the same way that Republican voters do. And so I don't think that they're getting that push from the voter base. What I will say is that, yes, there are elites and donors that are interested in impeachment, but I think what we learned pro- from the impeachment of Bill Clinton is that the American people don't like But, Professor, don't right? you think, I mean, you, this is what you study and teach, you don't think that this midterm election is as much a referendum on Donald Trump of course as it is. to 2012? Every, every midterm 20, is a referendum yeah. on the president. Yeah. Mr. Trump has made it a referendum about himself by going to every rally and saying, a vote for DeSantis is a vote for me, right. a vote for right. Hawley. Is a, and so, it would be uh, even if he didn't do that. But the, professor, the professor makes a point, at least on our side, what we're finding out is that when voters were told clearly Republicans meant it that they wanted to repeal Obamacare and they meant it that they don't think people who have diseases or pre-existing conditions or cancer you shouldn't be allowed to buy health insurance in the future this was a shock to the system to a lot of people and that has moved a lot of folks over to Demo- to voting Republicans for us Republicans did not oppose so pre-existing conditions that's what repealing Obamacare does they voted yeah. 78 yeah. times yeah. to repeal that yeah. provision it's been of a, the law it's been a real that's awakening just, for that's people that's yesterday guys
I just, I, you know, straw men are easy to torch, right? Because that's not what repealing Obamacare is about. If you look at Obamacare, even under its own promises, right? Everybody's going to get $2,500 back. Deductibles are going to go down. Coverage is going to go up. You can keep One, your doctor. You can keep, if you like your doctor, you can keep it, which was PolitiFact that, called that the, the lie, lie of the year, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. right? And what's come to pass? Deductibles have soared, and they've done it to poor people, which is awful and evil. But it's you by will, design. You, you it's by ag- design. You ag- so that, that you, you need to pay $600 out of your care, own pocket. The repeal of Obamacare on care. a political front has been horrible for Republicans. I agree. It's been a complete um, – it's, it's been folks, disappointing. Folks, folks. <laughs> I want to get beyond the campaign. <laughs> and beyond wanna, the beltway. I still want to <laughs> look ahead mm-hmm. because – the people that are listening and watching this program, they've heard this for you know, 52 weeks or over 100 <laughs> weeks now. So they know what the issues are. So now all of the, the pontificators, including around this table, uh, we're having our discussion. This is our last shot at the listeners. But I want to get back to what is likely to happen next. Because the real people, the only people that count is going to be Tuesday night. And sure. again, you've got almost 33 million people that have already voted which is unheard of. It's unheard yeah. of. Yeah, so intensity is certainly know, high. We know that you know, we're going to oh, – by the way, we are not going to know all the results Tuesday night. Right. I think, I think win or lose, the Democrats are going to overreach. The Democrats are going to move because they have moved. And you guys haven't talked about it, so I shouldn't include you, Professor. You haven't talked about the fact that the party is moving so far left. I think it's going to eat itself. In your it's, opinion, it's yes. going to it's going to be split or be dragged. Mainstream Democrats are going to be dragged. And you supported Bernie all the way over into the Bernie camp. I think that's going to leave there's, tons there's a of Americans behind. Why he's the most behind. popular politician also, in the country? Don't you believe? Don't you believe that there's a lot of people that are going to vote or not vote for Republicans because they say when the Republicans had the keys to the kingdom, they didn't do what needed to be done. They did a lot, I, though. I they think did a lot, but maybe lot. I think the economic indicators. I think the economic indicators show the opposite of that, right? Especially the okay. last jobs report. Okay, we'll be back. I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida, so why not experience it as it was meant to be, where turquoise Gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sit cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Let's go to Kevin listening to us in Austin, Texas on KLBJ. Nice to hear from Texas. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to say that I live in a suburb. It's called Cedar Park just outside of Austin, Texas. And just talking to people politically involved, that a lot of outside money outside of Texas is coming in to try to change the yeah. state representatives as well as kind of trying to put pressure on the congressman down here. There's even somebody even had a story about how, you know, Louisiana union people are coming in and walking precincts. 
Oh well, I mean, there's no question that that, that Beto O'Rourke is the is the darling, according to the most recent polls. However, uh, Ted Cruz is still ahead. By the way, in the second hour, we're going to have Kenny Rymeyer from KLBJ on. He's going to bring us up to date on that race. But oh, great. clearly, uh, you know, O'Rourke is the is the media darling from the world. I mean, everybody talks about that race. But according to what uh, even a guest we had a couple of weeks ago, and and this was based on a, on an NBC News story is uh, it was a warning to the Democratic Party that if you're putting all of your eggs in the basket of Hispanic voters or young voters, you may be making a big mistake because we hear this every couple of years about the power of the Hispanic vote. It never shows up. Turnout is never what it needs to be. There's a Hispanic running for, uh, uh, for, for, for a governorship down in your state, and, uh, you know, she's, she's, a long, you know, she's a long way away because she's not getting the support. And there's a Hispanic but, running for a, a governor of New Mexico that's, that's not likely to win either. So that, that's what you got. I'd like to point out that Robert Francis O'Rourke is not Hispanic in any way. <laughs> he, he just but assumed he this name, Beto, for, for street cred. Well, that's okay. He can do that. <laughs> Let's go to Terry listening to us in Fort Wayne on the Indian Internet. Go ahead. Um, yes, I would like your um, guest to um, comment on a couple of stories that have come up recently. One in the Washington Times about uh, Senator Grassley uh, looking into several of the accusers of Kavanaugh who lied about being attacked by him. Yes. And also, there's been no coverage of any of the Project Veritas Veritas, um, undercover investigations especially of Beto O'Rourke. And while you may not agree with them, I just can't believe that they seem to be, people are trying to cover them up. Okay. Jeff, so, you want to respond to that? We'll also ask uh, 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 our guest coming up, Kenny, in the next hour. Um, I think that the, the first point about um, uh, Chairman Grassley referring uh, these, these accusers who have lied um, for federal prosecution is an incredibly important step to preserve justice, right? Because if we care about the weight of execu- uh, uh, accusations, then people who make false ac- accusations should also pay some sort of uh, penalty. So it'll be interesting to see how those proceed, especially because one woman who claimed that Kavanaugh had raped her admitted that, he nev- that she never even met him, which is just astounding, the fact that 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 was what was being put forward um, for Kavanaugh. As far as the Veritas videos go, um, Veritas to me is a mixed bag. In in this case, they found out some some interesting things, right, where you have campaign workers from the O'Rourke campaign talking about how to to avoid uh, federal election law in order to use campaign money to support the migrants in the caravan. Right and things like that, and this is not this is not me saying this. This is actually documented on video with these people on film saying that. I don't know to what degree that gets play outside of kind of uh, the right side of, of political Twitter, but it's definitely something that if a Democrat, if a Republican were doing it, it would be all over the place. Yeah. Well, let, let's follow up with uh, with Kenny in the next hour. Terry, thank you very much you. for your call. Let's go to Jerry. Now, Jerry is calling from Roseburg, Oregon. Jerry, are you there? Uh, yeah. I'm Where's there. Roseburg, Oregon? Uh, Roseburg, Oregon is probably towards the coast, towards the uh, Pacific Ocean. Oh, it's about okay. an hour and a half away from the Pacific Ocean. Right. And, and you're That's listening on one of our new affiliates tonight. Is that correct? 
Right, right. It's, Very uh, good. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's about right in the middle of the state. Well, we're we're, we're we're delighted that you're having us. So you're uh, a, a program director whose name escapes me at the moment. Send me the agreement. So uh, welcome to everybody listening in Oregon tonight. And it's Oregon, oh. not Oregon, right? <laughs> yeah, I call okay. it Oregon. <laughs> Oregon. Okay, go ahead, Jerry. What's your question? Um, I, my, my, I just have a comment, and that I'm a Democrat, but I could, I could vote for a Republican. But uh, you guys sometimes talk about people lying, and uh, the reason I, um, we're voting Democrat is because uh, Trump has been counted, which may not be true, is lying over 6,000 times. And I just wanted to say that if a decent Republican that didn't support that lying and stuff came up, I would vote for him. But that's why I'm voting Democrat. That, that okay. was my only comment, and I, I enjoy your guys' show, and I like your conversation. Well, spread the word. Uh, we're new out there, so spread the word to your friends and neighbors, okay? If I could. Every, okay. but, but we have a guest here that wants to just uh, follow up with you, Jerry. You know, Jerry, I think that uh, I'd call you sort of an independent-minded voter because you vote Republican sometimes and vote Democratic sometimes. I think independents are swinging hard this time to vote Democratic. You hope. Folks like George Will, right? There's a lot of traditional conservatives that are clearly saying if there's Donald ever— Look, if there's ever a time that you expect congressional Republicans to stand up against a con man, this is the time to make— There's a lot of them that don't think he's a con man. Well, there's no question. There's a lot of voters that don't— No, no, wait, 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 no, wait, this this is— No, no, Bruce, Bruce, a $25 million settlement of fraud with Trump University. This is not an opinion he's a con man. It's a fact. Okay, so— That's a fact. uh, If it's a fact— It is. If it's a fact, if it's a fact, there's going to be a lot of people that will look at that and say, you know what? That's horrible. I'm not going to vote for the guy. In most of the cases, they probably didn't vote for him the last time. I think and that's. And then you've got people. I don't think that's who, the way. Just a minute. Then you got people that hate him <laughs> that wouldn't vote for him if he cured cancer. You got those people. <laughs> and then you have other George people. You have other people who voted for him last time, but they just don't think that uh, they they are now smarter and they have evidence to suggest that their vote two years ago was a mistake because they're really upset about this settlement with Trump University. They're not so much worried about their 401K that looks better than the other. And there are shy Trump voters who will never admit publicly that they're supporting right. they by Trump are, because it's so politically There are the long-standing Republicans that are disappointed in their party for their failure to stand here's up against my, It's 90% here, support. You don't know what you're talking here's about. That's what drives me crazy. <laughs> When people on your side or yeah. people on your side, the right side, you, you make these anecdotal statements based on your long-standing friends, you're a lifelong Democrat. You don't how think George Will counts? How many he has 90% yeah, support, Dan, minute. among you Republicans. You don't think George Will is George a great example of 90%? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. George Will is not a long-standing friend of yours. No, you're no, telling no me a Republican. Like, look, so you're talking about you walked... Precinct to precinct in Winnetka, where you live. Well met. Well met. You walk in this Republican, uh, liberal, more liberal than conservative district. Look. And you tell me all your longstanding Republicans that you have barbecue with and you go to the picnics with uh, on the 4th of July, all these longstanding friends are coming up to you and, and telling you that they don't like Donald Trump. And I'm just saying is you, you can't go on a TV or a radio show when, when you use that as a fact 
because I don't believe there's that many of them are doing. So if you let look me at, tell you, look, you look, look at, at look at Peter Roskam's district. Trump. Look at Peter Roskam's district. Harris Faywell, the former Republican member, now is saying, "I've got my Democratic Sean Kasten sign in the front." But for him, because, and, and he, he's not and, alone. And, uh, he's, there's a movement of independent-minded Republicans I, who are we, this year are voting and Democratic. We I think we'll know on Wednesday night in that <laughs> district because that's one of the most watched districts. We're going to know how many of these people that you know. You know, by the way, every Democrat, every, I can Democrat, read a column every Democrat that has sat on this side of the table for the last two months has they've gone apoplectic because they think that the new senator from Texas is going to be better will work. I'd We're like to find out the people of Texas are going <laughs> to vote because you're saying what you want to say because what you believe in. And by the way, you're not you're not a big fan of George Will other than when he takes on Donald Trump. He was against Donald Trump right. when he was running. He's, he's always been a very thoughtful person and is somebody who believes in the Republic. It's true. So I've look, never heard that before. Sure he is. I love it. He's among the most, in, among the most intelligent columnists. <laughs> I agree right? with His that. vocabulary is enormous. I agree with that. And he believes in the Republic. I agree There's, with and that. And too many Republicans There's have fine. betrayed you know their and, base. And you know what? And those people who put George Will uh, up on a pedestal, they can vote and they can be led by George Will, and other conservative commentators have done the same thing. Let them be led by those people. I would actually, and they have said they should vote against all Republicans. Which is they have, all which is because crazy, of their, right? but their it's, it's just you like that. Idea. Absolutely, those well, of are the type of Republicans it. you like. Well, in eighteen, <laughs> let's go back to real Republicans that are here. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, I, I think that there actually is a movement of people who are trying to make a cottage industry out of being a quote unquote former Republican. Oh, yeah. Max Boot falls into this this space. Yeah. Jen, Jen Rubin, Anna Navarro, they do it for the attention because they've decided that's the way that they can they the can get. The media loves Republicans they love, that hate. They love former. They love yeah. former Republicans and former elected Republicans and Republican because, losers because they're no longer Mitt a threat, Romney, right? John McCain, exactly. Mm-hmm. Rick Santorum. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I, I don't I, know. I, undeniably so, true. So let's, no, so I let mean, me ask honestly, you this question. Let me ask you this question, okay? Yeah. If you are an independent-minded Republican voter, so sometimes you go either way, and you're against abortion, you're in favor of a strong economy, a strong military, um, and other traditionally, traditionally conservative ideas, what do the Democrats offer to that candidate? I think finally somebody's going to stand up for the republic. Ah, that's because the, here, here's here's the issue. Look, nothing, nothing exactly. <laughs> right. here, look, look. The fact is, Republicans sold out in order to get pro-life judges and the one percent economic agenda to an absolute con man, and we both know it. The guy's got authoritarian <laughs> tendencies, no question about it. And his 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 continued I, has refusal, he any, has he, has his continued the refusal. On what like right have you lost? Dan, what say, right have you lost oh, no, because okay. of President Trump? I, I don't need to worry about I, this, I, this investigation against what right the parade of indictments around him. I mean, it's honestly embarrassing that, that more Republicans have defended Ladies and gentlemen, we have two separate conversations going on. <laughs> I am not involved in either of them. <laughs> but I'm here to head you to the commercial breaks. When we come back, we're going to have a man who alleges that he works with Better Will Work. And we're going to interrogate him. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City, 
Just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton, Los Angeles, Universal City. At HiltonUniversal.com, they let you be the star in Hollywood. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. We've got some uh, response coming in on our email. Robert Scott is sending this note in. I disagree that either way after the midterms, one side will be angry. If the Republicans lose the House, there will be no rioting and no mobs. I know accusations of cheating or Russian meddling. If the Democrats do not win the House, you'll see a meltdown worse than 2016. They will throw a temper tantrum of epic proportions, having lost their perceived identity. The right will move on. The left will think we're in the, at the end of time. <laughs> Dan, your response. That's just Pretty an average right guy on. from the... So they, here, here's this, what I find a little ridiculous, is that we live in a time where generations, hence from now, will look back and say, isn't that ridiculous that you could get more votes and keep losing the election? You get more votes in the U.S. than in the country and lose big. And so to say, like, the electoral one side college, it's there for a reason. Just like, relax. Let's acknowledge the structure of the way our government works is problematic for basic democratic will. So this is and always- so this is why, to your point, to your first question, to answer it, why are Democrats often so upset that you say we vote, we're going to get a result? Well, often it's structural, it's systemic. More people vote for Democratic policies, and we end up with Republican control. It's an ongoing problem that's going to cause ongoing yes. division. So this is do, do, the Constitution, isn't it, Professor? Yes, that's it. Yeah. So, but this is <laughs> a common theme. I want, though, I, want okay. just, I want just one follow-up, and then we'll, do you believe that it is a responsibility of contemporary Democrats to explain to their constituencies, their many constituencies, about the Electoral College, why the Electoral College is the way it is, and do you believe that you can be candid with those that you are, have the ability to educate that it's the Electoral College is never going to change? You're talking to the guy who was one of the first lobbyists to file the bill with Senator Jackie Collins in Illinois for the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact. And where so is that? Halfway done. We're halfway there. In the next decade, I believe we're going to elect a president with the national popular vote. We do. So, but I do, is- absolutely. So just like we could have said uh, 100 years ago, hey, women, I know you're so upset. It will never change. Yes, we are going to make our government more representative. Doesn't so that have a- to be a constitutional amendment? No, it doesn't. It does not have to be a no, constitutional No, because amendment. each state gets the choice how they cast their electoral does that votes. Have to be a, does that have to be a, a, a constitutional question? Each state does get to decide how their votes will be dispense, but to get rid of the electoral So Montana's going to get rid of it? does require a constitution. So, Idaho. But, 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 yeah. but, but so why are the... I would, let, 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 let's go to the specifics here. But why would any small state... They would not. <laughs> exactly. They right. have. Well, I'll tell you. They right have. now, we have a, a situation Actually, where Montana already does about 20% of the population, mostly white, mostly baby booming, and continuing to age, 
has Senate control because of the demographics of the country. So why is, would anyone give that up? This is a common theme with they the won't. left, right? Yeah. When when the when the system works for them, it's the greatest thing ever. And when it when it doesn't work for them, they have to change it, right? I remember back in in the 2016 election um, cycle, hearing about this vaunted blue wave. No Republican would ever get elected a president again because the 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 Democrats start with 240 electoral votes. Right. It breaks against them. Mm. Oh my God, it's racist. We got to get rid of it. <laughs> right. Okay, the Senate, same kind of thing. You know, it, oh, I think you, you're confused about what racism is and what demographics are. So what, what I'm saying is that because of where people live, the minority, the coasts are multicultural. There are more minorities there. The flyover country is mostly white. These states are the least diverse in the country. And as, and as a result, they favor Republicans. Okay, because, so California you know, can break up into several states. Wait, well, you no, know, California can break up into several states. I'm explaining in response to Bruce's question right. why anyone would ever give that up. And I'm saying, in agreement with Bruce, they never will. Yeah, no, right. they're not. Yeah. Let's yeah. go to Swati. Swati's listening to us in Phoenix, Arizona. He's listening to us on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. He tells our screener that he works with Beto O'Rourke. What do you do, Swati? So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a female. That's okay. Um, yeah, You're welcome. I know. Okay. Thank you. Um, I, I work for a grassroots organization called BFW for Beto. Yes. And I... I have been uh, working with Beto since 2017. I heard a uh, comment earlier, that's why I called immediately, um, that his, he had made up the name to get the Hispanic vote, and that's not true. Mother's He's had that name forever. Um, in cares. fact, I think they need to work even harder for the Hispanic vote, so I don't think that... Uh, his name has done anything. For so that. here's a question. Right, go ahead. What do you what do you think of Beto's drunk driving arrest, hmm. where he careened off the uh, to the other side of traffic, endangering lives, and then attempted to flee the scene, only to be stopped by a bystander? What do you think of that? Oh, I mean, I think it was a it was a it, he was young, and it was a mistake. He was 26. He was, Youthful indiscretion. Still, that's yeah. I think that's still very young. I mean. <laughs> You know, I think 26-year-olds make mistakes. What do you think of his father uh, interceding in order to get him a suspended sentence? What do you think of that? Isn't that corruption? Isn't that nepotism? It, uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know all the details. But I think that that's rampant in, in our government already. Look at, look at Trump and his kids. I think That's the reason. I, I think the reason 10, why. In, okay. Look, I think the reason why Beto O'Rourke is catching a nerve and raising enormous interest around the country is that he does have a very sincere effort to yes. sort of speak to the center and and, and reach as many voters as he can. Like when it he is Davis. refreshing, and there's and good for him. It's a very red state. Do you I'm not as optimistic. That, do, you, do you believe that I abolishing so. ICE I mean, is a centrist I position? I want, yeah. I, want, I want to ask. I want to ask you. Do you think that's a centrist position? I think it's a. I think it's a reasonable position. I think it's a. It's a. It's a new law enforcement agency, and clearly, it's falling down on the Keep job. Keep saying that, please. Swati, I Thanks. thank you very much for your yeah. call. Thank you very much for your call. I just wanted to say, if I can yeah. say one more sure, thing. Sure, one more, that, quick. Um, yeah. So Beto has brought out something in Texas that has helped people come out and vote, whether they're Democratic or Republicans. I don't know. We'll find out. We will find out Tuesday. Now, listen, we've got to move on. We're going to find out. And the big challenge is, is he going to bring out more votes than Ted Cruz? That's the question. We will only know. Maybe we won't even know Tuesday night. Why not? Bruce Dumont, we will continue with another full hour of television. If you're listening to Sun Radio, 
Stay right where you are with the halftime. the beaten track far enough, you'll find an America teeming with the unusual, the odd, the downright strange. I'm Will Klinger, and I'm your guide on a package tour we like to call Wild Travels. Join us on our weekly road trip to see America's most offbeat and unusual attractions. Wild Travels, available on your local PBS station. Or it darn well should be. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday Night Live. The experience. For the first time ever, get an inside look at the making of SNL. Critics nationwide are raving over 500 artifacts direct from the show. Be a part of Wayne's World, Weekend Update, and so much more. Experience all it takes to put the show together. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications at 360 North State Street in Chicago. For tickets, visit museum.tv. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida, so why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sip cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. Just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. At HiltonUniversal.com, they let you be the star in Hollywood. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. We've been talking about uh, campaigns and politics and what's likely to move people to uh, election, uh, to, the, to the voting polls on Tuesday. And again, uh, as we've said before, uh, all the pontificating, all the predictions, they all are out the window. Uh, the only thing that happens now is what happens on Tuesday night. Next week, we can talk about real things, how people really reacted. They are either going to be moved, uh, and by the way, some people are going to be moved, 
because of the influx uh, of those in the caravan. Some people are going to be moved for or against uh, the placement of U.S. troops. A lot of people like that idea. A lot of people hate that idea. And many of these ideas are going back to the President of the United States. And although you are voting for your member of Congress, and hopefully many people can separate uh, those two, many people are voting because they either want to give the President more power because they like what he's been doing, and they want him to work with Republicans in the House and Senate, or they want to punish him for his, his style, his rhetoric, and his policies, and they want, to, they want to cut his power. And if those people are out there, they're going to vote Democrat, and that's it. We've heard all sides talk about it for, since Donald Trump got elected. It's all going to come to a head on a Tuesday night, and hopefully we're going to know the results, although many of these races are going to happen late in the evening and, again, there's a couple of other complicating factors that might uh, move uh, the, the final results uh, that we will not know Tuesday night. But, again, there's, there's, there's lots going on. Let's go to Rodney. He's listening to us in Oklahoma City. He's listening to us on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. And he has a question about the independents. Go ahead, Rodney. Uh, well, first of all, first-time caller, long-time listener. And Thank you. I really enjoy your show. That's Thank great. you. Um, I now, enjoy doing it. Go ahead. <laughs> well, good. Um, ha, look, I'm a left-of-center um, Democrat, but I am a registered independent. The reason why I'm a registered independent is I am sick and tired of the politics. I like policy, but I'm sick and tired of politics. And this show today has shown why half of America other than the Kool-Aid drinkers, are really fed up. And I think after this election, I'm going to have to take a week off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, you know, not listen to any political radio um, because uh, either side's going to go crazy. And but Well, I mean, next week, well, Rodney, next week we're going to – that's why I keep coming back to this question. It's always important, especially since 2016 – it's very important to see how each side, meaning right of center, left of center, how they react to what happens on Tuesday. And so I hope you'll tune in at least next Sunday. And then <laughs> Come on, one because more, Rodney. One more. One more, one more. <laughs> no, because I, I, frankly, I'm always anxious to see how the losing side spins the loss. I mean, you know, who are they going to blame it on? Somebody's going to get blamed for it. or Well, Republicans are going to blame losing the House on the fact that midterms always go, virtually yes. always go, against the incumbent That's president. history. That's history, right? I think the... So, the, you're, so, so you, don't believe, uh, you don't believe they will maintain the House? No. Do you believe they will maintain the House? I think that it is unlikely. And it depends on who, which Republicans get unseated is actually a, a more important consideration for me, right? Because, like, does somebody like Steve King in Iowa get thrown out, or does somebody like Peter Roskam in Illinois get, you know, thrown out, nar- right. narrowly make it in, right? Like, though, that's the more interesting thing, because, again, we vote for individual candidates right. in individual districts, not for parties. Well put, well put. Now, can I say sure. that I also think that the Republicans have siloed themselves and... To believing that this is a, going to be a close election, sixty percent of America disagree with the way we are going. Um, uh, most of America will not 
vote, I believe, for a nationalist government. And, 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 and making this about Donald Trump was a huge mistake for the Republicans. Okay, Rod- Rodney, all, until, until, until 9.30 on election night, Rodney, who did you think was going to be president of the United States? <laughs> um, well, I actually thought it was going to be Hillary Clinton like the rest of everybody. That's why Thank all, you. Everybody, everybody on the national news shows today, they were all pulling their punch a little bit. And ju- just to follow up on this, I mean, you know, the, the reason that you're right about that is because, you know, uh, of gerrymandering. Yes. The Republicans were in control of the state houses after 2010. They created a lot of seats. Just At like, least you're not saying it was Russia. Just, no, no, keep it, it, was, it was the fact. It was better. the fact created, that the campaign ignored no. Michigan. They created, and a lot, they created a lot of seats, which have made it uh, hard to unseat power. When the Democrats take all these state houses back in 2020, they're going to do the exact same thing. Yeah, Eric Holder has so a line which is helpful. Just, it's that's just, just the way our institutions work. Eric Holder's yeah. got a nice line that sort of captures this. Blue waves might not reach red shores because of how anti-democratic our government works these days. You know, I love how we're having this conversation uh, in the state of Illinois. true. Where we have some one, of the one, most... One, one, let's go to our caller. We one, have, one more. Stay in a second. Jeff's going to finish, then back to the caller. We have one of the most egregious examples of gerrymandering in, in the Chicago suburbs. It's the, the Earmuffs District in, in Cicero that was crafted that way to eke out Latino voters along 290 and then come down and then do it a, a, along 55. Illinois is one of the worst examples of gerrymandering, and Illinois has been Democrat run for a long, long time. Rodney, back to you. Final word to you. This is, I come from and I live in one of the reddest of the red, and we are most likely, in my opinion, going to vote for a Democratic governor and possibly um, a Democratic House member in District 5 um, with uh, Kendra Horn. So that argument is totally out of the out the window. Okay. We have been here in Oklahoma listening to um, a fraud and abuse and blah, 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 blah. It hasn't worked for us. We're going broke. Okay. Um, and Rodney, you, Rodney you, make a good, you make a good point. And by the way, you underscore something that I was going to bring up a little bit later on, and that is uh, uh, Oklahoma is one of those states uh, that used to be an automatic Republican state. And insofar as the gubernatorial race, it is a toss-up at the moment. So you may be correct. You may be calling back next Sunday night to say I told you so. But thank you for your <laughs> yeah. call this evening. And one other very important thing, which gets into the whole issue of, of rewriting districts, and that is, uh, you know, we've been... even the national news media, they have spent so much time talking about control of the House and control of the Senate. There are 36 governorships uh, that are up and three territories that are up this Tuesday night. The vast majority of them are Republican seats because Republicans have dominated at the state legislative later uh, level. So it's going to be interesting because whoever is elected governor Tuesday night of their state they will have a significant impact into the machinery for the 2020 election. Not, not just, you know, uh, helping create the lines with their legislature. Many of time, the legislature will be of a different party. But those candidates, they're going to control a lot of the machinery. So if you are a Democratic governor of Iowa instead of a Republican governor, that means something. Likewise, yes. in all the early voting states. So... Uh, again, I hope uh, to, uh, at least, uh, you know, if you're listening to me on Tuesday night on WIND in Chicago, I'm going to be looking at the governors because the governors 
That's the setup to 2020. That's right. If all you're focusing on is what happens uh, in this upcoming Congress, you're going to miss maybe the big, big picture. And I would say that President Trump is probably looking at the governor's races as much as anything else. Back shortly from Chicago. Are you planning for the day when you can retire to your dream home in Palm Springs, California? A day surrounded by spectacular scenery, golf courses, a rich cultural life, and great dining? If you are, you'll need a guide, someone who knows where to look, an experienced broker, someone who knows the desert communities of Southern California and all they have to offer. That person is Brian Beard, who's been making dreams come true for over 13 years, selling over $100 million in real estate, including celebrity and architecturally significant homes to the rich and famous, and more importantly, to people just like you. Brian's company, Caldwell Banker, has agents worldwide, but Brian Beard is your man in Palm Springs. Call Brian now at 760-799-7096. That's 760-799-7096. Or visit him online at briansellsthedesert.com. Bruce Dumont, we're talking about who we're going to vote for. It's supposed to be a, supposed nice. to be a secret, folks. If you live in, I'm going to make a pitch. There if you you're living in Cook County, okay, some people are live, live in Cook County. Tony Preckwinkle is running for the presidency of the county board. She's running unopposed. And, of course, we already know she's already announced for mayor. So it's Tony unopposed. So there's a place there to write in a name. I wrote the other day when I voted early, I voted for myself. <laughs> if you want to vote for me, Bruce Dumont, for president of the Cook County Board, as a protest against Tony Preckwinkle running unopposed, I will accept your vote. I have no you got, you got you my have to now no file something with the You're going to get an equal no time ding on, yeah. on this. Exactly. You're going to have to have her come on and do it. There won't be enough time. Will, will you accept the position? Capital M O N T. Will you accept the position? Yes, because this would be a bigger this would be a bigger thing than Donald Trump winning up. <laughs> hey, you know Murkowski won that right in uh, primary. Right. Or, I know, but and I, Dumont's an easier name than Murkowski. That's true, <laughs> but not in Alaska. Anyway, uh, one thing, uh, Professor uh, uh, Alvin Tillery from Northwestern University uh, is with us. And by the way, uh, I did not mention uh, your book, which is. Uh, between Homeland and Motherland, Africa-U.S. Policy and Black Leadership in America. Mm. Soon to be a major motion picture. <laughs> <laughs> really? But my, but my question is... Congrats what on the option. On every election night, there is, there is history that's made somewhere yeah. for some reason. And, and one of the big pieces of news that everyone's going to be watching uh, is the governorships of Florida and Georgia, because in each case, an African-American has the opportunity to be elected governor of that state, and those are, uh, those are solid red states, or one is a solid been, yeah. red state, one, one is, is semi-purple yeah. state. Um, what will be the headline if both win, and what will be the headline if both lose, Professor? Well, I mean, I, I think it's unlikely that both will lose. I think Gillum has probably got a, a, an easier path uh, in Florida uh, than Abrams. Abrams is in a uh, three-candidate three race with a libertarian candidate. 
that means both uh, she, neither she nor Kemp are likely to get to 50, and she's going to have to go through that runoff. And right. Democrats don't turn out for the runoffs hmm. in the same way that Republicans do. So that's going to be her challenge. And we haven't even gotten to voter suppression issues uh, with, with uh, Secretary Kemp. Um, but, I mean, if she does win flat out on that night, then it's a huge, huge sign of how Georgia has changed because of the attraction of new voters and to a more diverse Atlanta. And that's precisely what was the plan of the city leaders of Atlanta in the 1950s. And if you, go, and you look at the way Maynard Jackson, when he was mayor, courted a bunch of big industries, it's changed the state in ways that are, that are profound. But you referenced voter suppression. Yes. If Stacey Abrams loses, either Tuesday night or in a runoff, mm-hmm. I mean, is, is the excuse for losing going to be voter suppression? Is that, is that the fallback position? Well, if it's if a fact. Two, if two African Americans lose... Well, voter suppression is a reality. I mean, we, okay. we verify so it we, in, our, in, our, in our sort of, you know, uh, right. exits uh, and with the, when we do ballot analyses right. in political science, uh, you know, broken voter machines. Clo- look at what's happening in, uh, in Kansas with Dodge City. I mean, these are very real tactics that both parties have engaged in historically to get an advantage. And so if it is a fact, that might very well be uh, sort of part of the story. And, and you know, I, I, Justifiably so. Yeah. 50,000 pending registrations? But the, the fact that the federal court has already intervened and, and told Secretary Kemp that he cannot uh, throw out those ballots uh, might make that less I mean, part of the story. It right? is outrageous so. that a candidate for governor is overseeing the election. And just today put on the website that yes, you know, Democrats are trying to hack uh, our, our voter database without any uh, support whatsoever. The this, same this candidate. Is, this is banana Republic the, style The territory. same candidate that re- refused to look into yeah. the very credible allegations of foreign power hacking into Georgia's uh, but voter. But let's, let's more. Yeah. gentlemen, let, let's be honest here. In the 50 states, they all have different rules and regulations. The Secretary of State, generally speaking, as far as I know, the Secretary of State is in, in, is in charge of elections. He happens to be the constitutional Secretary of State of Georgia, and constitutionally, his term is not up yet. But and that, by the way, and that's happened in other states. I think uh, it happens in Arizona. In, uh, it's uh, happening in Kansas, Kansas with, Kubak. with Kubak. Yeah, yeah. Kubak. absolutely. And it's, but, but I'm saying is, in those cases, there are Republicans and there are Democrats. In the past. They have, elect, they have elected, certainly there was a Republican a Secretary of State uh, in the 2000 race, okay? Yes. Just because someone is in a position and they have a political party does not mean that they have to, be, they have to lose their job early. These two, Unless you want to change it. These days, in the past, Democrats certainly participated in voter suppression decades hence. These days, these two Republican officials are acting like absolute partisan hacks. Former President Carter asked them, hey, don't, you know, resign the position, resign the duty of administering the election while you're a candidate. That's outrageous on its face. We should expect better from our public officials. And the sort well, of. Well, I would say, this, I would say that in some extent, I would agree, I would agree with that because as I've just stated, uh, in the state of Illinois, we have two elected officials, yeah, one who's running for state controller, Susanna Mendoza, and the other who is uh, the county board president, uh, Tony Preckwinkle. She's already announced she's running for mayor, and there's already been a spot leak coming soon. that yeah. Susanna Mendoza is going to announce uh, you know, the moment that, that she... W- so in those particular cases, it seems to me that if that's the case, 
uh, you have to fill out your term or you have to resign from your position. So, Bruce, I mean, as a student of power, I agree. He has the power to do this. If Democrats had the power, they would likely hold power. But it is not the best ethics. I agree with that. Ethically, it is problematic, particularly uh, given uh, the sort of dynamics with the court. And that's a very real challenge. Let me ask you a what if. If if the question is, or on Tuesday night or early voting, uh, Wednesday morning, we know the results. But if the results of Georgia and the results of Florida are the two African Americans have been elected governor for adjoining states, what does it say to the broader narrative that has been perpetuated many cases by Democrats that racism is on the rise since Donald Trump got elected? What does it say to well, I mean, racism is on the rise. That's, a uh, that's, a, that's an empirical fact. I mean, we've had 13 Americans killed uh, as a result of hate crimes in the last 11 days, right? And so uh, that's just a verifiable fact from government statistics, and there are academics like myself that track these things. But what it says is that Florida and Georgia – Florida, one of the states that was at issue in the Hayes-Tilden Compromise, is now a diverse state – that will be competitive going forward. It will also say that the city leaders in Georgia and Atlanta that smoothed the way for desegregation beginning in the 50s and 60s, their vision of Atlanta worked. It is now a much more diverse place than it was in the Jim Crow era. And what it will also mean... So, it's, so, it's, so Georgia is a less racist state? Or it, ha- it has, yes, around, around the, the, the districts that are... Heavy and population and centers. And it's, it's changed considerably since the days of when Georgia voters elected Lester Maddox as Absolutely. Governor. Absolutely. These are new voters, new Georgia voters. But speaking of voter suppression, one of the most important things on the ballot is in Florida, Amendment 4, which would abolish the... Um, Felon disfranchisement. There's a million four, million three yeah. people that don't get the right to vote because they're ex-felons. And Florida is one of the worst three states in the country. And this is just for... This is for Florida only. Just for Florida. Just Florida. And yeah. it would be a triumph of democracy. We need more of. We need more triumphs of democracy. Um, Good felons vote? You know. Ex-felons, yeah. That's, Ex-felons. That's, the founders believed. I, I believe that, that our justice system fo- focuses too much on punishment and not enough on rehabilitation. Right. And if we had a more... Uh, f- uh, a justice system that was focused more on rehabilitation, I would be okay with um, felons eventually being their right to uh, vote being restored, right? However, I, that's not the current situation we're in. I think that um, there, is a, there is a cost to committing a felony, and one of those costs is that you, you can no longer vote. And, and that but, should, but, there but should my, be some consequences. But here's my question. What, what do you think? You're in charge of reputations, mm-hmm. so... If someone has committed a crime, they've gone to prison, they've served their time, mm-hmm. we're now talking about reentry now, should they be allowed to vote? Yeah, it's a tough one. I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. I don't think I have a firm point of view one way or the other. The part that concerns me, though, is that it, like so many other things, whether it's the immigration issue or the it's so-called voter disenfranchisement issue, it's all about one party trying to exert 
power and control over the other. Not players. on no, this no, no, I'm going to I'm going to challenge you. The Koch on that brothers point. are one of the biggest funders of yes, initiatives to, yes, to do this. Reenfranchise former felons. I think it's also yeah, true that the founding right. fathers did not necessarily believe that you should right. lose your voting privileges for life. Most states don't it's do also, that. Also, yeah. it's also a situation where it's the Koch brothers and it's the ACLU and a lot of left of center groups. I mean, they are this is one Heritage. of those issues that everybody's at least at, at least the, at the uh, congressional level, uh, they're all in the same boat. But again, each individual would, state can make that decision. Here's, here's my point, uh, uh, just to, as you say. You say that, that obviously, uh, your concern is that the votes, they're all going to vote Democratic. I would argue that if, if no Republican ever steps forward and says something that is positive to them and their family, and we're talking, of, we're talking about a lot, the extended family of people who have served time is huge. If they were, to, if they were to respect that constituency and say, "Here's, you know, here are some opportunities that we're going to give you after you've paid your, t- you've got to do the crime, you've got to pay the time, or you've done the." But time. that's where it goes to your point right. about rehabilitation. Correct. Well, it, not it, doing it's, that. it gets, well, no, but, but but the question is, you fight it by you will improve listen, your, your recidivism if you if you make some right. programs and you do some things for them. And again, if 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 your party believes in redemption, as your Christian base does, this is about redemption. So wait, Robert, so Everyone loves vacationing in Florida. So why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sit cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Back in Chicago, uh, so here we are. Whoop, we're back. Whoop, we're back. Yep. Hey-oh. <laughs> Hey-oh. So I'd like, to, I'd like to pick up well, that, no, that we, last we, segment uh, there. Uh, say one thing, because then we're going to bring another okay. guest on. Like right. I, I think that that um, there is certainly a wing of the Republican Party, like the Jeff Sessions wing, who's this law and order everything. But yeah. the, uh, you know, as we talked about the Koch brothers, libertarian influences. You look at work like that the Illinois Policy Institute has done here in Illinois to to advance legislation to ban the box to get. Um, ex-offenders back into society mm-hmm. to stop recidivism. That is absolutely something that the Republican Party believes in. It's something that the President of the United States believes in. It's something that Jared Kushner believes in, and that's why I think it will happen once there is an election, because that is an issue that the Democrats cannot stand in the way of Republican leadership. Absolutely. And you are correct. Jeff Sessions, he's not the Attorney General anymore, or he is the Attorney General anymore. <laughs> you think he's getting I, I might have slipped something. Oh, I must have. <laughs> something something <laughs> no, might have slipped. That's, that's an interesting thing. He's not going to be the Attorney General for a long no. time. He doesn't have the ear of the, of the President. Uh, his son-in-law does. And I'm just thinking that if, if, if it is a goal, and by the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say that. I've said this before. 
Uh, I, I learned this uh, from a source at the White House a long time ago. One of President Trump's goals, he wants to double the number of African Americans who vote for him or opportunity to vote for him in 2020 within the African American community. And he's, gonna, and he's got all kinds of strategies to do it. One of these strategies could be if he becomes the leader of a movement that deals with voting rights and, 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 and programs for ex-offenders, many of whom are African-American or minorities, that's a way that he may be able to get to his 20%, as well as whatever he's doing with Kanye West and all these other things that he's involved in. He'd have to the do guy, a, The guy is a very strategic thinker, and I'm telling you, the guy that's blowing in his ear is his son-in-law. Donald yes. Trump would have to do a 180 because his administration is on a voter suppression tear. They used to... The Department of Justice used to stop states from suppressing voters. Now they are encouraging states. So I hope you're right, oh, but it would on. be a we'll one see on Tuesday night. Let's go to Kenny Rawmeyer. Kenny, are you there? Yes, sir, Bruce. Good to talk to you. Good to you. Kenny Rawmeyer, for longtime listeners to this program, he is a talk show host uh, in Austin, Texas on KLBJ. He's on every Sunday night, and he's been on this program many times because whenever we want to know what's really going on in Texas, we reach out to Kenny because he's got his uh, callers calling in. Um, there has been a debate over the last few weeks on this program, as you know, Kenny, because uh, all of our Democrats who are, you know, 900,000 miles away from Texas, they're all <laughs> predicting uh, that, that Beto O'Rourke is going to not only walk on water, but that he's going to get elected Tuesday. Um, and yet we had someone a couple of weeks ago in this program said, not so fast, because the Hispanic and uh, primarily the Hispanic turnout and the young turnout is not something that you can count on. And, and I want to ask you at this moment in time, where do the tea leaves, how do you read the tea leaves in Texas as of this moment? You know, I would say that uh, the person that gave you that input on the Hispanic and the younger voter turnout, certainly historically correct. Uh, Beto O'Rourke has uh, clearly energized a lot of the young people in this state as he's gone around from college campus to college campus. Uh, I would say, and of course this is the most expensive Senate race in U.S. history, Bruce, over $100 million raised and uh, almost uh, twice as much to Beto O'Rourke versus Ted Cruz. So almost from the start it's been closer than many expected, but I would suggest that, uh, that the young people and the Hispanic vote, even as we're a couple of days away from the midterms, that's going to be key if uh, he's going to pull off an upset here in Texas. Is, is, is his big, uh, within those groups, uh, do you think he has more problems with young people or more problems with the Hispanic vote? Because in the article that I read uh, on NB, by NBC News, which led me to this interview a couple of weeks ago, it basically said that the problem was more of a Hispanic problem than a, uh, a young person's problem. Yeah, I think uh, the last Quinnipiac poll, I saw 54% of Hispanics favored Beto O'Rourke, 45% favored Ted Cruz. So that's relatively close, statistically speaking. And you have a Hispanic running as a Democrat for governor against Governor Abbott, and uh, that is not a close race at all at this moment, correct? No, it's not. And, in fact, uh, Ted Cruz, everything that I've read is trying to leverage and, and take advantage of Governor Abbott's ground game here in Texas to see if that might help him uh, statewide. 
And also there's a problem, there's a Hispanic running for governor of New Mexico, and uh, she also at the moment, she's a Democrat, she also is running behind in that state. So the, the, the article is making the case that uh, it, it also uh, uh, quoted uh, uh, Congressman uh, Castro, one, uh, Castro uh, who is one of the bright lights of the Democratic Party. Uh, he was lamenting the fact that, again, if you're waiting for all the Hispanics in Texas to sort of save you on Election Day, uh, that time has not likely come yet. Yeah, in fact, if you go back to the primaries, uh, O'Rourke actually didn't do very well at all uh, along the uh, the districts down south along the border relative to his competition there. Okay. Uh, Dan Johnson has a question for Kenny, you. Kenny, quick question. Uh, one of the things that makes Beto unique is that he won't take any PAC money. He only raises money from individuals. Is that something that you see as drawing more appeal to him, that he's sort of claiming the ethical higher ground and he critiques Ted Cruz for taking all this corporate PAC money? Is that having an impact in Texas? You know, I don't think so. I've, in fact, read recently that, that both have benefited from super PAC money, so I guess the, the money's always fungible, right? But uh, to me, it has been amazing that this race has been so competitive almost from the get-go, and it's especially surprising, of course, in a deep red state that uh, O'Rourke has done so well. I, you know, he was in Austin today. Uh, Cruz was up in North Texas today. Uh, I'm going to suggest both candidates are vying for what few independents there are in the middle because just as so many Democrats despise Trump in this state, Trump's base is solid in the state of Texas, and I think there's a handful of independents in the middle that both candidates have been vying for for uh, the balance of, uh, of the election here, the campaign anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Hom is a Republican. He's got a comment for you, Kenny. So, you know, we yes, saw sir. this we saw this um, in the last gubernatorial election where Wendy Davis was this national media sweetheart that was outperforming what she should have been and all that kind of stuff just because the media – it seemed, was trying to make her a thing, mm -hmm. right? I mean, if you look at the number of polls that have happened in Texas, there have been, what, 25 or so, which is insane, especially considering that there's states that are getting none. So do you think that this is more like Wendy Davis, where it's, it's wish-casting by people outside of Texas against a, um, a hated figure? Or, or do you think that there's actually something here? Yeah, you know, to the polls, just real quickly, the latest real clear politics average has them about six points apart. The latest Quinnipiac poll showed that it's about a five-point difference, 51% for Cruz, 46% for O'Rourke. That has tightened from 9% in the same poll only a couple of weeks ago. So to your question, though, I feel like for whatever reason, O'Rourke has – probably more traction long-term, only because maybe it's just because he's been on Ellen DeGeneres' show, Stephen Colbert. <laughs> the Democratic Party seems to say this guy is a rising star. He's yes. like a Barack Obama or a, a Robert Kennedy. And even if he comes up short this time around, I'm going to suggest the Democratic Party is going to want to latch on to him for the long term, somehow, some do way. You think, do you think well, he runs for, for president in 2020? 
Oh gosh. No, I don't. I don't. He'd have to. Uh, he'd have to yeah. join a cast of thousands on the Democratic <laughs> side to do that, right? No, I, I just. I, I don't think that's uh, likely. I mean, you, you got to have. You have to have to win some race. And I think the. You know, he he is he is the media darling as 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 Wendy was a couple of years ago. Uh, he's getting all the the progressive treatment as you as you've said. Then as the, our guest a couple of weeks ago, all the big liberal money is going towards him. He is the he's the white progressive's favorite candidate. And the question is, uh, that's not going to be enough in the state of Texas to get you elected. It's going to get you, you know, they all write their checks and they write big, big checks down in Texas. And also the media, I mean, that would be, that would be the absolute story of the night. The absolute story of the night. Forget about who controls the Senate, who controls the House. I mean, if, if, if he pulls that off, he will be the lead story. He'll, it'll be for the whole week because they will have gone to one of the reddest states and they will knock somebody off who the national media despises. But also, let's not forget, though, that Ted Cruz is not exactly Mr. Charisma, Mr. Yes, Likeable that. either. That's one of the things That's right. going against him and why Beto is doing as well as he is. That's right. Plus all this national money right. and attention. Yeah, so he's, he's that got would be, You're right, Bruce. That would be the headline of the night. You've got to know he's going to do well in Dallas. He's going to do well in Harris County down in Houston. Right. I continue to believe his... You know, abolish ICE position, his impeach Trump position. That's not going to play well in West Texas. Well, when I heard him uh, make, make both statements, I, I, was, I was shocked by it, and it would be an indication that if indeed there is going to be a significant transformation of the National Democratic Party, if someone like Beto uh, O'Rourke wins in Texas with those positions at this moment in time, Again, with some of the stories suggesting that uh, maybe some of his funding is, is being used to, to prop up uh, uh, some of the immigrants coming from uh, uh, Central America. I mean, that would be, as you say, or I said, that will be the story of the night. But again, that's our last discussion of Beto O'Rourke and Ted Cruz. On Tuesday night, I think we'll be looking for the re-election of Ted Cruz. But we will wait until next Tuesday night or next Sunday night to discuss it all. Ken Roymeyer, thanks very much for joining us from KLBJ. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly with one more segment. Los Angeles? Looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. Just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. At HiltonUniversal.com, they let you be the star in Hollywood. 
Bruce Dumont back in Chicago, and uh, we thank you very much for joining us tonight. You know, one thing we try to do in this program is not to talk too much about Chicago, but again, and we're not, uh, but I do want to ask one question about, because we do have an Illinois uh, governor's race, and it's been going on. If you, if you live in Illinois, I think regardless of what side you're on, you are so grateful that it's going to be over on Tuesday because <laughs> we have been bombarded with television spots for well over a year. It isn't just the last three months. It's well over a year. And we have a Democratic candidate, J.B. Pritzker. Uh, he has spent $146 million to be the next governor of Illinois. He's running against an, an unpopular incumbent who was challenged in the primary and, and, and barely won the primary. And uh, The battle of the billionaires. The battle of the billionaires. And uh, it seems to me that there's going to be no surprise that J.B. Pritzker is going to be the next governor of Illinois. Is there anybody that disagrees with that at this table? Not me. No. Okay. Bring on Fat Blago. What lesson, what lesson, do, what lesson Dan, because you're a progressive guy, uh, and I'm not going to ask you who you were for in the primary, but what does all that money, because we don't know what Bruce Rauner spent, but he spent over probably $100 million himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and he was also independently wealthy. Yeah. But my question to you, what does it say when the state of Illinois is really for sale by two billionaires? It's, it, it's not a good thing. And I think JB acknowledges that. Um, it felt more Banana Republic four years ago just because Rauner was campaigning on reducing his own taxes. I'm sure I'm very hypocritical for saying that it's less Banana Republic than JB's. $120 million of his own money in order largely million. to raise taxes on people like him campaigning on a progressive income tax. That's why I uh, hang my hat to feel uh, it's not quite as bad. But I acknowledge, you know, I, it's better to have public funding. It's better to have free airtime for candidates. It's better to have printed voters' guides because it's not a good thing for the health of the republic that only billionaires and, can compete. And we will have a situation where... In virtually in every spot, you would think that the House Speaker, Michael Madigan, is on the ballot somewhere because his, he is mentioned in every single spot. He should be. Uh, by, by Republicans. Including and, for and members of the House. But he should be. That's right. And he should, and he, as well, he should <laughs> no, be. He but my question to you is, the other part of the race, which we will know in Illinois, and that is, is the Illinois House and Senate likely to change? And I don't think that's likely to happen. Do you guys? Think I don't think the likely Senate's likely. I think there's an outside chance for the House. Um, I think it's there's uh, I think five or seven seats that need to change in order uh, for that to happen. And again, these are individual candidates running individual races, and and you know it, we'll see what happens, right? No, the gerrymandering that these guys were d- deploring right. before exactly. is working. I wasn't exactly. deploring it; I was saying that. Okay, yeah, it's well, working yeah. to it's, solidify it's Madigan's <laughs> control. Yeah. Madigan's going to get the supermajority. The only chance that this state has is having Erica Harold as Attorney General. That's, I would agree with Kwame that. Raoul, I would agree with and that. And then maybe actually having an Attorney General who isn't related to the Speaker of the Legislature who might actually go after political corruption. Kwame Raoul. Here's my, here's my, here's, that, here's my question. I, is there going to be is there going to be any Republican who wins at the statewide level? You just mentioned the Attorney General. Maybe, maybe Erica Harold has a shot. I think she, she has is a shot. The, she's an African-American woman yep. running for Attorney General against an African-American uh, state senator. 
Okay. I, 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 got it, I, got, I know Kwame Rule very well, and I have to take strong objection. I am for, all for him, largely because he has been a strong, independent voice in the legislature as a senator. He has been crusading. Let's be clear about We're moving on because nobody Fair listening enough. to us beyond Chicago cares about who the attorney general <laughs> of Chicago is. Every, every one of these races yeah. is about giving complete control to Mike Madigan to do whatever he okay. wants and what he's done for the last 40 years. Let's talk about something that everybody around the country will have an opinion on, and that is we have thousands of people in a caravan heading towards our southern border. We have 15,000 U.S. troops standing by waiting for them. They're putting up Constantino wire. Do Republicans think that's a good image? Is, Is that, do you support that plan? I want to hear our Republicans. Well, I think. Is that a good idea? The, look, the visuals of the caravan are not good for the Democrats. I agree. The, vis- the visuals of putting barbed wire, barbed wire up to prevent people from coming into this country illegally is actually pretty good for Republicans who care about this. It's why they're hammering on all of these things in the days leading up to the Do you midterms. agree with that as a Democrat? Oh, Dan cl- yeah, this is a, a clear Republican stunt by the president who's using the military as a political pawn because what the Republican about base the 7,500 people coming here in a caravan? Is that I, good for the Democratic Party? We're talking about optics now. Spurs. Is that good for the Democratic Party? No, because our noble history of accepting refugees is not politically popular, even though it's the right thing to do. There's a difference between economic migrants and refugees fleeing like a combat zone. And it's been shown. Central America is a combat zone. The cartels are running that place largely because we refuse yeah, to legalize drugs. And the cartels drugs. are the ones that 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 exploit these people yes, all along they do. the way. You and I would do the same if we Does, lived in Honduras. We would protect our children at all costs. Alvin, I want to ask you a question. When African, and I'm not asking you to speak for all of the African American communities. I was on the phone with all of them today. But here's my here's my question. This issue has been an issue out there for several years now, and now you have, again, you've got 700, 7,500 uh, from Central America coming to the United States. How, how do those optics, in your opinion, how do you think they play with African Americans in this country who are looking for a better piece of the pie themselves? Well, all I can tell you is that in, in survey data, African Americans are the most pro-immigrant group in America, even more than other legal immigrants. In, legal and, immigration. Though. No, even for asylum. Uh, and okay. so it is very good to drive up the Republican base, this caravan. Uh, I'm not so sure that it's bad for the Democrats because the data shows us that even some Republicans are very concerned about the way that the, um, the, the separation of families happened uh, in oh, the, the summer. Oh, the atrocities so, of the unethical uh, You know, I, I'm not sure how it's going to break, to be honest. The data's really mixed on it. I think okay, incentives we've got matter. To, on the word of atrocities, that will be the last word of the campaign. There you go. Oh, Remember man. that, the voters! atrocities <laughs> are taking place. That started under Obama. That's a very, that's a very loaded word. Uh, again, our thanks to Dan Johnson Weinberger. Alvin Tillery, thank you very much. First appearance. And uh, Nick Kamm. And uh, Jeff Hom, thank you very much. We've thank had Hom and Hom both here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us. By the way, our thanks to Dan Dorfman and Sam Greenberg and the ever popular Fritz Goldman with their assistance <laughs> in the production of this If you look hard enough, go off the beaten track far enough, you'll find an America teeming with the unusual, the odd, the downright strange. I'm Will Klinger. 
and I'm your guide on a package tour we like to call Wild Travels. Join us on our weekly road trip to see America's most offbeat and unusual attractions. Wild Travels, available on your local PBS station. Or it darn well should be. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday Night Live. The experience. For the first time ever, get an inside look at the making of SNL. Critics nationwide are raving over 500 artifacts direct from the show. Be a part of Wayne's work, weekend update, and so much more. Experience all it takes to put the show together. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications at 360 North State Street in Chicago. For tickets, visit museum.tv. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida, so why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sit cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. Just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. At HiltonUniversal.com, they let you be the star in Hollywood. <laughs> 